Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you are joining us. You know, in this economy, we are all basically enduring. Many people are contemplating, you know, starting their own businesses, take control, be the boss. And that's all based on our good intentions to help other people and grow our own business at the same time. And many people just go for it, taking action, launch first, figure it out later. Amen. Well, our guest today shares that taking action is the least scalable thing you can do as a business owner. You first need the back-end systems in place to support the public-facing aspect of the business. I figured that out the hard way, amen? But I can attest firsthand, though, this is 100% true. Otherwise, you'll never be able to scale. You'll never be able to move off of the barely surviving aspect of starting your own business. So the question is, how do we do that? Well, that's what our guest is going to share with us today. Courtney Elmer is a sought-after consultant, podcast host, and speaker who empowers online entrepreneurs to embrace anti-fragility and grow through what they go through in life to create greater income, greater influence, and greater impact. Drawing on her background in psychology and her personal experience as a cancer survivor, she is the CEO of The Effortless Life located down in New Orleans, Louisiana. Courtney empowers online business leaders to establish the systems, structure, and support they need to build self-sustaining businesses that thrive in a rapidly changing digital environment, expand their thought leadership through podcasting, and use their voice to catalyze positive change in the world. Hailing all the way from Cajun country down to South Louisiana, my old stomping grounds with Bodie, crawfish, and gumbo, and etouffee, help me welcome to the program, Courtney Elmer. Courtney, it is so good to finally have you on the program today. I do appreciate your time. Pastor Thibodeau, it is wonderful to be here. And with a name like Thibodeau, I'm surprised you're not born and raised down here. I mean, come yeah, on. I got family <laughs> down there now. You, know? <laughs> you notice, though, there's no X on my name. Correct. Correct. Yeah, that's because living up in Michigan, my grandfather, they were calling him Tibidox all the time. So he officially dropped the X. And that's one reason why I disowned him. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, this, yeah, I got family down there. Praise God. Now, the first question I always start with, Courtney, is this. Other than that brief information I just shared, can you tell us in your own words, who is Courtney Elmer? Yeah, so you know, Pastor Thibodeau, my journey starts about 10 years ago when I had to learn who Courtney Elmer actually was. I had just gotten home from my honeymoon and a couple of, couple of weeks before that, you know, I was leading up to the wedding. I'd been real sick with this terrible sinus infection. Came out of nowhere, was in bed for a couple of days, feeling pretty crummy. Had gone to my doctor. They ran some tests and said, look, when you get back from your honeymoon, come back in, we'll follow up with you you know, and see if we need to take care of anything else. So I did that. 
And I sat down in the doctor's office that day. My doctor walks in the room and he looked at me and he said, Courtney, really, this falls beyond my scope of expertise. It's like, what is this? What are you talking about? And he said, we got your test results back and I'm going to turn your case over to another doctor, a colleague of mine, who's better equipped to, to handle this. So this other doctor walks in the room, he introduces me to her and she sits down and she looks him in the eye and she says, Courtney, you have thyroid cancer. I was 25 years old at the time. I'd been climbing that corporate ladder, graduated college, got the job, was working nights, weekends, lunch breaks, doing everything I could to be seen, to be noticed, to be recognized, right? To feel successful. And by the world standards, I was successful. I had the nice car and, you know, had the title and all that kind of thing. But when she told me that, my whole world stopped. And I really had to question, what, what is it that I'm here for? You know, what is this leading me to? So fast forward, went through surgery, treatment, radiation, recovery. And that was the first time in a very long time that I had ever stopped. And I had to ask myself some really tough questions. Who am I? What are the gifts and talents that I've been given that I'm not using? The ones that I've buried, the ones that I should be using, but have put to the side. And so coming out of that experience, I learned a few things. First, I learned that I was living a life that was parallel to the life that I felt like I was supposed to be living. That became very clear. What also became clear was that I still had a lot of baggage from my past that was keeping me from really being able to step into my full potential as a woman, as a person, as the person that God, God has created me to be. And I wasn't living up to that. And so I did what most people might do in that situation. And I went back to my comfort zone. I wish I could sit here and tell you that everything changed at that moment. And I started my business and everything was different and it was amazing. And it wasn't because I was afraid. So I turned around and walked right back to the corporate world and did what I thought I was good at, but very quickly realized that was not the path. So I asked myself some more difficult questions and in time came to realize that really the answer was to start my own business. Now, I didn't know a thing about running a business. I had worked with other people in their businesses, helping them streamline their operations, you know, improve communications with their clients, get some better back-end systems in place. But I didn't know the first thing about starting or building a business of my own. Yeah, yeah. I learned it all the hard way. But that was when I really set forth you know, on this, on this path that has brought me to where I am today, you know, in running this company and helping other business owners use their voice and also to, to have impact with their business. For most of us, we get into business to have that freedom, to have that flexibility. You know, that's no secret. But what we don't realize is one day we wake up and, and look around and say, wait a second, this is not what I thought it was going to be. You know, and I'm, I'm burning out. I'm running myself into the ground and certainly not having the impact that, that I want to have. And so that brings me back to your original question is, who is Courtney Elmer? And I pray every day first that God continues to reveal to me the work that he wants me to do. And then I just have the, the will and the acceptance to be able to follow that. And Courtney Elmer is a work in progress. That's who she is, quite honestly, because I think that, you know, even though I could sit here and talk about what I do and how we help people and why I love it so much and all of those things, 
really, I pray every single day and just say, Lord, help me to do what you want me to do today. And your, your wife and mom too, right? That right. too. Yes. Amen. Trying to fulfill all these, all these callings, all the different hats. That's right. That's right. Amen. So basically, as you put it, you learn by necessity how to seize the silver lining within everyday adversity that you face and share a little bit about that process with us. Yeah, this is a process that for me emerged over many, many years. You know, going through that cancer experience was not something that immediately I suddenly had all of these insights and revelations about and, you know, oh, how we're going to embrace failure and leverage this into opportunity. I wasn't thinking like that at all at the time. I was just in survival mode trying to get through it. And then after that, when I did start my business, I was just trying to figure out the business side of things. You know, how do we make this successful? But recently, I've really started to dig into this idea of failure. And I say recently, within the past couple of years, this, this line of thought, this golden thread, if you will, has really emerged. And I look at my life, my business, my personal experience, the clients we work with, what we're able to help them accomplish. And the golden thread that really ties all of it together is this concept of anti-fragility, which is not a word that I coined. This was coined by an author, Nassim Taleb, who in his research was looking at the world and different systems and things that were fragile, things that could not withstand pressure. You think of an egg, it's very fragile. You break it, there's no coming back from that. And he looked and in his research, he was asking people questions. He said, what's the opposite of fragile for you? What would you describe that as? And people would use words like robust or resilient. And resiliency had always been a big, big, very important part of my own journey. But he took it a step deeper and he coined this term anti-fragility because what he discovered was that resilience only gets us so far. Yes, it might make you stronger in the face of pressure, might help you better withstand adversity or chaos or life's unexpected curveballs, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you grow because of it. Whereas anti-fragility necessitates the growth. It means that essentially, as I always say, you grow through what you go through. Amen. Yeah. And as I look back at my life and my journey, there were times when I resisted the growth. I didn't want to grow. I liked the status quo. I didn't want to change. I was comfortable. Things were good. But I'm so glad. I'm so grateful for that diagnosis and for all of life's ups and downs that have happened before then and since. Because those were the valleys in my own life that I had to walk through to experience that growth. There's no other way to get around it. I have a five-year-old at home and reminds me of that kid's song about the going on a lion hunt. And you're going through the tall grass. You can't go over it. You can't go around it. You can't go under it. Got to go through it. Of course, the song continues, you know, until you get to the lion and you, you're in fear and you run away. And then where I take that a step further is, no, you face the lion. And you look at those fears in the face and you look at the possibility of, a, of failure. What, what are you making that mean about you if you were to fail, if this were to fall apart? And then is that true? And is that what God believes to be true about you? And if it's not, keep going. Look for those lessons. So this is just a, a core philosophy, if you will, that I had embraced within my own life, my own experience. And that now plays a very central part in, in the work that we do with others, because I think it's something that's not talked about enough in the business world. 
Man, so anti-fragility, anti is opposite and fragility mm -hmm. is fragile. Mm -hmm. So you basically become stronger by what you go through. Yes. Right? Yeah. And, and, and I used to, I coined this phrase when I'm taking it from probably Sue's son or something like that. But I used to tell my troops, you know, that which does not kill me can only make me stronger. And, uh, and there have been several times when, you know, something would happen and I, my natural response, like you missed again, devil. <laughs> you know, now I know the plan and it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. You know, you missed again. Now I'm aware of what you're trying to do type thing, you know, and yeah. Amen. Amen. Now, so you help to leverage people to face that adversity, embrace the anti-fragility as a hidden opportunity. Explain how that works. Yes. So there's a metaphor that I use for this. Because when we think about these concepts, right, anti-fragility, okay, Courtney, that sounds great. I'd love to be stronger, you know, from the adversity that I face. I'd love to grow through what I go through. But how do I do that? Because when I'm in that dark valley, it's dark. And there are some days where I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to face what I have to face today. And recently, I'd say in the past six months or so, I faced one of these own valleys in my life. And I lost a few dear friends and a family member who were very, very dear to me. And it was very sudden and it was very tragic. And I had to get quiet and I had to ask myself, why? For what purpose is this happening? That I'm, that I'm being affected by this and the way that I am. And so when you look back at ancient civilization, when they were setting out to, you know, go explore a new territory, you know, where would they set up camp? They wouldn't set up camp at the top of the mountain. There wasn't anything there for them. And I relate this back to the business journey. Where do we want to be at all times? Oh, top of the mountain. We want to be at the peak. We want to be at the pinnacle. We want to be that height of success. But if we look back at our ancestors, they settled in the valley because they knew that the valley was the most fertile ground. And we can look at our own lives and our own businesses. And if we kind of apply this metaphor to our life, to our work, we can say, okay, I understand how the valley can be fertile ground. But how can I actually take advantage of the opportunity? How do I look at the lesson that's here for me? A lot of times we don't realize it until hindsight, where we can look back and say, oh, that's why that happened. But what I challenge people to think about when you're in a dark season in your life, whether it's a lot of little things that have just gotten to you and gotten under your skin and causing you frustration and stress, whether it's something big that you didn't see coming, that you're now having to deal with and navigate, is to remember that even though you might not have control over what is happening outside of you, you do have a choice about how you approach it. And that's where the hidden power is. Because for so many of us, we go through life and we're like, okay, this is hard. I don't enjoy this. This is a difficult season. You know, and people ask, how are you doing? Like, oh, I'm going through a tough time. Things have been hard lately. That's all well and good. We all have those hard seasons. But I often challenge people, look at your language around how you describe the dark seasons in your life. Are you just kind of complacently living your way through them, hoping that, oh, they'll go away and you can return to your status quo? I mean, look, two years ago, we got hit with this pandemic out of completely nowhere. 
Yeah. Everyone's Amen. life Amen. changed. And we all had to navigate that season. And there were some of us that were hoping things would just go back to normal. I remember thinking that, okay, how much longer do we have to stay indoors until we can get back to normal? 15 days, just 15 days. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the reality is what is normal, right? What is normal? Normal is always changing. Normal is evolving. So by looking at your language and how you describe these difficult situations in your life, we can actually start to create these new neural pathways in our brain that help us to approach them differently. And that's where the choice comes into play. So if someone asks you, how you doing? You say, I'm going through a tough time. I say, change that. I'm growing through a tough time right now. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Because that will just, oh, it'll just crack open your brain a little bit and let that light in. For you to be able to see where you actually are growing, even in the dark moments, not a year down the road as you're looking back and saying, oh, that's what it was about. But in the moments, it helps you to become better attuned to the quiet whispers that are guiding you. You know, I read a book one time by an author named Emily Freeman called The Next Right Thing. And she talks about how, you know, God doesn't really give us the answers sometimes that we're looking for. As much as we wish that it would just drop out of the sky into so our lap. True. That's so it. That's true. what we, okay, yeah. got it, Lord. I'm on my way. Yeah. That's not how it happens. He gives us the arrows. And so sometimes all we can do is follow those arrows. And then one day it will be revealed. We'll figure out where they lead, where they've been leading us this whole yeah. time. Amen. Amen. That's, you know, I've related before we started, but, you know, the calling the Lord gave me uh, to start my online radio program. If he would have showed me, said, and in 10 years, this is what you're going to have. I'm like, yeah, no, no, <laughs> that is no, 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 no. Sorry, God, you, 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 I know you can't make errors, but I won't tell anybody if you won't, because that's impossible. <laughs> you got you know? the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah, but, but it started. That's why I share people in my coaching process. I started where I was at. I had a flip cell phone and a free website, and that's where it started. And then, you know, the education process came with that opportunity to go on nationwide AM radio. And from there, it was like, okay, now that you know all this, you're now able to help others who know nothing to get here. And that's where the radio stage started, then the podcast and coaching program, all this stuff that, that if God would have showed you, know, had flashed that in front of my eyes sitting in that auditorium. I just, <laughs> good one. It's <laughs> you know, not going to happen. You know? So yeah, he takes you where you're at and gives you just enough light to take the next step. And that's it. That's all he wants you to do. Take that one step. You know, I was in the cavalry in the military and, you know, if you had to move from here to your objective there, you just didn't go driving right up the road at 70 miles an hour and get there in 10 minutes. It may take you all day to get that two or three miles because you're doing what you need to do on the way. And it's the same way as an entrepreneur. Yeah, you want to flip the switch and become an instant millionaire overnight. If it comes that fast, it'll go away just as fast. You know, Amen. Now, you started your online entrepreneur journey while recovering from cancer. Was that your first attempt at online business for yourself? The first true attempt at online business. Yeah. I had dabbled in network marketing before and always had little side hustles going on, but yeah. had never really taken the leap to say, this is what I'm doing and put my stake in the ground and say, this is what I'm building. Amen. So that was the first true 
venture fully into yeah. the world of entrepreneurship. What were some of the obstacles that you discovered that you were not expecting? Oh, great question. So many obstacles. So many obstacles. One of the biggest ones was had to do with my own mindset. Yeah. That was something I didn't see coming. You know, and there's this Dunning-Kruger effect. I don't know if you've heard of that before. These two researchers, Dunning and Kruger, were psychologists. And they discovered that for most of us, when we get in our mind to do something, we think we know how to do it. Like That can't be that difficult. Online business, I'm going to set up a website, you know, get some marketing going, put an offer together and start selling stuff, making money, right? We think it's that simple. So I naively walked into this world thinking it was that simple. And as Dunning and Kruger then go on to say, soon enough, you realize that you're completely incompetent. And then all of a sudden you look at everything and you're like, oh, I'm not enough. This is terrible. How am I ever going to be able to do this right? You're in that pit of despair. And then as you continue and you push through that and you continue going, you recognize, you know what? I'm okay. I'm learning. I'm growing. I'll Amen. figure this out. Right. And you get to that Amen. point where you're like, I'm okay with not having it all together. And so in that moment, you know, when I was kind of falling from the, the peak of, you know, my own ego into the pit of despair. I had to really examine my own beliefs about things, about myself, about what I believed I was capable of. You know, voice has always been a very, very important part of my journey because I can remember this like it was yesterday. I was standing in the kitchen, my mom's washing dishes. And as a kid, I was opinionated. I was sassy. No, she not in had a right to correct not, me. She not had in a right. <laughs> <laughs> she had a right to put me in my place. But this one day she looked at me and I remember she turns and the dishes like dripping water all over the place. And she goes, Courtney, oh, she was just fed up. She said, your mouth is what gets you in trouble. Go to your room. And I can remember, Pastor Thibodeau, I was walking down the hall to that my room. And for whatever reason, that day, although she had put me in my place many times before, that day it hit me differently. And I internalized that. And from that point forward, for the next 20 years, I didn't use my voice much at all. I was afraid to speak up. I was afraid to be rejected was what was at the heart of that. Yeah, yeah. So I would fit my voice to the situation. You know, you go back and listen to old podcast episodes or old videos when I started my business. My voice is a good three, four, five pitches higher oh, than yeah. hearing right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You no. Know? And so that, you know, recognizing first and foremost, how I had given my power away by giving that power over to others, you know, trying to fit myself into these molds and then what beliefs I had that were linked to that about who I thought I was and, you know, my own capabilities and was I good enough? Could I do this? Was I lovable if this failed, right? Would, would I be rejected by, you know, those dearest to me? And all of those questions really held me back for a long time. Those beliefs kept me stuck, mm. kept me really, you know, saying in this in entrepreneurial space is playing small, but it kept me hiding, right? I was hiding that light under that oh, bushel. Yeah. I didn't oh, want to just take the bushel off, let it shine. It's like, oh no, someone finds out who Courtney really is or that she's not fully capable or she doesn't know everything yet. Heaven forbid, you know, Amen. I just thought Amen. that would negatively impact my business and well, let me ask you this. How important is it to get help with some things that you may not be great at doing? Yes. So important. So important. That was a hard lesson that I had to learn. Yeah. And 
it was undoing the persona that I had built for myself. Mm. That was one of the things that I did not expect to have to learn or rather unlearn as an entrepreneur. Amen. Amen. Tell us about your podcast, Anti-Fragile Entrepreneurships. How long have you been podcasting? Over three years. Coincidentally, we launched the show two weeks. It was two weeks before everything shut down for the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Podcasting kind of exploded that year. We were right on the the beginning of that, you know, totally coincidentally, but have been releasing an episode a week ever since. And like most things in business, you know, the show's evolved through the years. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So you have 180 episodes published. Praise oh, God. Yes, That's awesome. Yes, awesome. Because yes. most people stop at six or seven. You probably are aware of that. You know? Yes. Amen. Yes. That's, that's sure, awesome. That 200 milestone. Yeah. And you know, for the podcast, first of all, it really started out as a way for me to just connect more deeply with my audience in a way that I couldn't do on social media. And it was a personal challenge to myself to start using my voice in a bigger way. Amen. I prayed right before we got on this call today. You know, I said, you know, Holy Spirit, well, yeah, let me be your mouthpiece. Amen. Speak yeah, whatever that needs too. to go through me, you know, to reach who who's going to be listening to this, yep. maybe what they need to hear. And that's what the tool that my podcast has been for me. And so as it's evolved through the years, one of the things I really noticed in the business podcasting space specifically is everyone's talking about how to market better, how to sell more how to create amazing brand presence, how to succeed in entrepreneurship. Very few people are talking about how to fail well Mm. in the process of becoming Mm. an entrepreneur. So that's what we focus on on the show is how to navigate failure, which is inevitable. The big failures, the little failures, the high points and low points we all experience in a day. How do we learn to better navigate that adversity, including the curveballs that might happen that we didn't see coming? so that we can grow through what we go through to create that greater impact we're here to make. What do you look for in a guest for your podcast? I want to know their Phoenix story. Mm, I don't want to hear about how they hit seven figures or eight figures. I want to hear that. But I want to hear about the hard lessons that they had to go through to get there. What did they learn from it? And what were those low points where they thought they were going to throw in the towel? Tell me about that. Tell me about what you learned from it so that everyone listening Praise can learn God. from you. So we yeah. can better move through these challenges. We all face them. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And when you share stories like that, other people are like, oh, me too. And then they tune in to hear the other part. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Now, you have a coaching program on how to launch a top 1% podcast. Give us a brief rundown on on how your coaching program helps someone to do that. Yes. So as you mentioned at the start of this episode, really my deeper purpose and what I believe God has revealed to me at this stage in my journey truly goes back to the voice and helping people use their voice, which is the one gift that we have all been given. We all have a voice, but it's unique. It's unique to each individual. And we've been given that gift for a reason. And so my deeper purpose is helping people use their voice to bring about positive change in the world. How can we create a better impact? And one of the things I was noticing in our work with clients, particularly on the system side and growing their business, was that they really struggled to build a cohesive marketing system, one that could help them 
share their message with a wider audience and do that consistently. And one that also wouldn't burn them out from having to post three, four, five, six, ten 10 times a week to social media just to stay relevant. Yeah. And so a lot of the people we work with are very heart-centered and they would come to me and they'd say, Courtney, I don't know how to create deeper connections with my audience. I don't know. You know, I feel like I am just, you know, throwing a small little pebble into a huge ocean. You know, when I post something to social media, nobody sees it. It's so competitive. And these are their complaints, right? These are their frustrations. And these are people who all have a message they want to share. And so I had launched my podcast with great success and suddenly had people reaching out to me, Courtney, how'd you do that? Tell me what you did. So I just started sharing with them. And eventually I had so many people asking, I said, look, I'm going to put you guys in a group. We're going to meet for six weeks, once a week. I'm going to walk you through exactly what I did. And you can follow this process. There you go. If it works for you, great. You know, I'm happy to share what we did. So I did that. And they went out and they got better results than I did. We had one person in particular, he launched his show. He landed number 34 in the business charts, which is very competitive, especially here in the U.S. Had over 100 five-star reviews come through for his show within the first week. And he said, Courtney, I I never imagined this. He said, but because of the buzz that the podcast created for our business, we had our best month in sales ever. Amen. And I said, all right, well, well, I'm on to something here, you know? So that was about three years ago. And this program has now evolved into one of our main offers where, you know, my background in systems and also psychology, we help people install a podcast as a marketing system within business that can handle the macro content, right? Not all this little bit of micro content, posting and just trying to get in front of people, but the macro content that can help you develop your thought leadership. That's awesome. Get that message. Amen. Amen. As we get ready to wrap up, I have one more question I just have to ask you. I discovered that you were going to go to law school. And after five years as an undergrad, decided against it. What changed your mind after all that work and effort? Well, the honest truth is I was burnt out. And I said, I'm tired. (laughs) I don't want to do that. But I also feel like that was at a point in my life where it could have been that God was whispering to me. I don't think I noticed this at the time. But if I sit here today and look back, that that intuition within me was that this is not the path. And I'm proud of myself. I trusted that voice. And I could have gone forward and gone to law school and gotten a degree and probably regretted it later. But in that moment, I had spent five years in undergrad. I had transferred universities twice mm. because I moved away from home thinking, I got to get out of this small town. I can't can't do this, you know, and then move right back saying, I love small town life. This is amazing. <laughs> and then from there, I had to go to a college that would accept all of my credits, validate them essentially so that I could transfer everything over into the school that I wanted to be at. And I had spent summers, I took classes through the summers just to finish. Mm -hmm. It took five years. And at the end of it, I graduated with a degree in English literature because at the first school that I started out at, they didn't have a communications degree path at that point. And so English literature was kind of the next best thing to figuring out, you know, writing and persuasive writing, all this stuff. And so then I'm like, what am I going to do with this degree? I don't know. I have it. Not really sure how it's going to serve me. 
But what's so interesting is that, you know, I think at the end of the day, it doesn't matter that much. If I could go back and do it all over, I'd major in psychology and probably have my PhD by now. But I've been able to learn a lot of that through experience and also through very intensive coaching training as well and apply this variety of knowledge that I have in helping our clients. Now, you might be asking, okay, how does an English lit degree help your clients, right? But when you can learn how to communicate and when you can learn not only how to share a message that you're passionate about, but how to share it in a way that makes other people lean in and listen. Yeah. That's powerful. powerful. Amen. Well, Courtney, this has been so interesting. If someone wanted to reach out to you to find out more information on your courses or if they have a question or maybe they want to just do an interview like this, how can they do that? How can someone get in touch with you? Yes. So you can find me on social media. I'm on LinkedIn and on Instagram at the Courtney Elmer. Send me a message. I'm the one monitoring those inboxes. So I will see it. And if it's to do an interview like this, I'll connect you with my assistant who can get that on the books. And also, if you love listening to podcasts, I would encourage you to check out Anti-Fragile Entrepreneurship. Highly recommend it. Yeah, you can get it anywhere you listen to podcasts. Amen. I'll put links all this in the show notes below. Folks, as you heard, it is possible to turn your setbacks into a setup. Praise God. I mean, you just need someone who's been there and done that to be your guide along the way. Courtney Elmer is just that person. I highly encourage you, drop down the show notes, click the links right there, get in touch with her, get added to the wait list for her programs. It'll be one of the best things you could do for yourself as you travel down this road to entrepreneurship. Amen. Courtney, again, thank you for coming on the program today. I do appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Folks, that's all the time we have for today. For Courtney Elmer and myself, this passed about reminding to be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.